All right, folks. 20 series, an all-star game, a home run derby, four postseason series, and all that's left now is the World Series at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mm. Today, Jack's excited, of course. Bottom's excited. He's on the call as well. The Magic are World Series bound for the first time in their franchise's history. They did it in some style against the Preds. So we're going to break down that whole entire series today. Uh, what else we talk about, Jack? This is a two-part pod. This is a time travel pod. We love the time, time travel, travel pod. pod. Um, we two-parter. Do. We did. We did the first part on uh, on Thursday, I think, of last week, and we're doing the second part tonight on on Monday. Getting ready to watch mm-hmm. the Lions too. This mm-hmm. is a jam-packed episode. I like this one. I think you guys will too. Yep, jam-packed pod, two-parter, half of it before the World Series is played, half of it after, half of it after. So interesting dynamic, but a lot of fun for sure and should be a good listen. So without further ado, this is the Pipe It Up podcast and cue the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW with a ball. How about a round of applause for our co-host... Jack Agner, ladies and gentlemen, twenty twenty three American League champ. Someone had to represent the podcast, Tom. Yeah, you know, someone had to pull the weight around here. (laughs) (laughs) We talk a lot of game on the uh, the podcast. We had to back it up. Some someone had to do it. Someone had to do it, and you know, we almost had what we wanted. The pipe it up matchup. I know all the fans wanted that. I mean, who wouldn't want that? But so close. You know, we can't always have what we want. That's that's life for you guys. Life in a nutshell is sometimes you get close. But beggars can't be choosy sometimes. That's right. Close, but no cigar. But I'm excited now because I can at least root for you, and I don't need to play against you and knock you out and send you home like I did in the home run derby. <laughs> but <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, But you could have got revenge on me, and now you can't. But now nah, I'm excited for this series as a whole. I don't want to talk too much about the upcoming matchup because, number one, we're doing a whole World Series preview show. We'll talk about that a lot. And number two is we have a podcast that'll go in between the preview show and the World Series Game 1, so we can talk about it then. I want to more so focus on your guys' big win over the Preds. I don't think a lot of people picked you in that game. Despite you guys having a better season and winning the AL and sweeping them, I feel like based on the feedback I saw in the comments from the fans, people were swinging towards the Preds. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I agree. I think with just Cratch's performance... What, what we saw him do against the Wildcats, what we saw him do in the series leading up to that, you know, against the Cobras. I think everyone just thought that he was going to be really tough to beat. Um, obviously, the Predators as a whole, but but mostly mostly Cratch. Um, and I think that... You can't blame him for that either. I, what was that? I said you can't blame him for that either. No, you can't. You can't. And we, we certainly weren't taking Cratch lightly going into this game, but I do think that mindset of having a little bit of a chip on our shoulder helped us you know we didn't really feel like the number one seed you know pressure going into that series it felt more like hey you know we earned this this number one seed and still for some reason people are counting us out and I I think that kind of gave us a little bit more fuel I think it does for sure it gives you a little extra chip and I think too part of the reason the fans swing off the counter argument to this is I think people still thought the Mallards would beat the Eagles but I think just the recency bias of seeing the Preds dominate both the Cobras and the Wildcats yeah. and just seeing how good Cratch had been, it's like it makes you think, like, man, this team's really good. Are they going to beat the Magic who haven't played in so long? And you guys were coming off a series loss, which felt more like a win because you beat the D-backs. Right. I just think that people forgot uh, how good RJ was, how good of a hitter Grant was. And low-key, I'll get into it more when we go through the games, but I feel like like everyone's starting to kind of contribute. It's taken sort of the full year to get that whole lineup going besides Grant, but you guys are getting contributions from one through four. Not like huge contributions, but right. big enough to support Grant for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, we've talked about it, right? That's been the Magic's sort of uh, Achilles heel, heel or I guess our weak spot, right? I mean, our offense mm-hmm. has mostly been predicated and we've we've pretty much gone where Grant has gone in terms of our offense. So it was really nice this series to see everyone really contribute from a batting perspective, you know, um, obviously we'll get into the games, but like Trevor, for example, has been a guy who's been putting together really good at bats all year long. Hasn't really Mm -hmm. got the, you know, RBI or home run numbers to show for it that some other batters do in this league. But I mean, the kid's been grinding out at bats, like as good as anyone in this league he's been turning over our lineup better than anyone I've, I've talked about that before 
Um, so I knew he was kind of due for, for a breakout and we've, we've seen him do this in the playoffs before, right? It's kind of been a theme with Trevor. I know he's only played in two postseasons, I believe one when he was traded to the magic and then this year, but he's had a big home run in his first game, both times, yeah. his second career postseason home run, not really known as a guy with a lot of power. He has had moments and had had series. He had a couple home runs against the wildcats, uh, in 2021, I think it was to start the Mallards year, but he seems to show up. He seems to be a clutch player in the postseason. Uh, I mean, that was a big home run in the first game. That <laughs> that was a statement home run for sure. I mean, it's it, it's one thing to have, you know, a play like that, two-run home run to go up after a scoreless first inning. But it, it's another thing when it comes from a guy that, the like I said, you feel for him all year because of how much he's been grinding out those at-bats and doesn't have you know, a home run to show for it. Like that, that, that hyped us up so much more because it was Trevor. Like, yeah, if anyone would have hit that home run, we would have been just as happy, but like, it was a little bit different because we were getting contributions from, you know, our fourth guy in our lineup, which is huge. Yeah, I agree. Very happy for bottom as a former teammate of mine. Good guy. Good to see him uh, get hype out there and hype the boys up Uh, to rewind a little bit, Jack too. I wanted to ask you about pregame. Did you sense any bit of nerves from RJ at all going into his first postseason start, or was he cool, calm, and collected? No, you know, I've been really impressed with RJ's composure and just his professionalism as a 15-year-old. I mean, I'd I'd put him up there with all the 15-year-olds I guess I've come across in terms of his composure and just confidence. You know, he doesn't really seem to um, be all too (laughs) affected by the moment. Just had a funny idea. Was that what? So I just had a funny idea. Continue. Um, yeah, he doesn't really seem to be, you know, too affected by the moment. I would, I would say that experience in St. Louis, in front of all those fans, and kind of getting his bell rung a little bit in the first first game against the Cobras. I think that did a lot for um, him in terms of knowing, you know, what he can do and bounce back from, and be able to persevere for that. I think has has given him a lot of confidence. So he seemed ready to go. I was, you know, the play was always going to be to start with him. It's what we've been doing all year. It's been working. So wasn't really much of a thought there for game one. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't really talk to him much prior to the first game, but I said hello to him and his dad. But I, I did think that just based on the way he was acting before the game and after the game in St. Louis, I think I could sense a little bit of nerves. You know, it's a big stage, a lot of fans there, mm-hmm. um, big environment for him to pitch in. And so I was impressed to see the performance. Uh, let's fast forward to the third inning now. Ward did hit a home run off of him. Good to see from the Preds, who have been such a high and low team, up and down team. And they were definitely, uh, I could say them to be down going into that third inning after the home run from Bonham. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to see some fight from Warda and put the pressure on RJ a little bit. But he struck out the side after that, which was super impressive. And um, and what I was going to say, a funny comment was, because uh, you were saying how he's 15 now. Yeah. I was thinking I should remake Remember that viral TikTok we had earlier in the year? He's year? 14. Like, six, five, 14. I should remake that same TikTok, but just redo the intro going, the 6'6", six, six, 15-year-old. <laughs> see if it goes viral again. See which one gets more like views. That, that, I feel like it would pop again. Yeah, I feel like... People do that. People re-upload the same stuff. More, we don't usually do that, like, ever. I think, yeah. honestly, maybe our first recycled post ever was this year before the mini MLB series. We re-uploaded, like, the... Which field is cooler thing? Same content as last year. And once again, it went viral again. Yeah. I swear if I made that same RJ video again and just went this 6'6", six, 15-year-old six, <laughs> and then rolled the same clip, it would probably pop again. <laughs> I mean, it it is really... It probably would pop. And with good reason. Because he's done... What he's done this year has been very impressive. And um, just like the poise he's had. You know, you, you go into a game like that against the Predators and you know that when they have some exciting moments or plays they're going to be energetic and they're going to let you know about it and i knew that you know honestly when bonham hit that home run i was very happy at the time but i i if i'm remembering it correctly my second thought after joy was like we need some more runs because two's probably not going to mm-hmm. cut it um i told you some i told you last week sometimes two does sometimes cut it, two does cut it you're right and in this case it <laughs> did cut it here and it was it he was awesome it, to right. see rj you know like i mentioned that st louis series i think this is like a prime example you know he lets that home run off to alec and it's like no no sweat no big deal like we'll go back and and we'll lock it down mm-hmm. yeah 
What a performance from RJ. Great job by Bonham. And uh, by the way, guys, for the record, we're recording this on Thursday the 26th, so yeah. the video's not even out yet. You should have mentioned that. Pre-World <laughs> Series. Should have mentioned that already. Yeah. But for context, and then we're going to probably interview Bonham on Monday when we return from Atlanta to get his take on this ALCS. But a little two-part pod, and then we'll kick it to ourselves on Monday. But moving right along, Jack, you got the 1-0 lead. You go to Bonham. We've asked this question to kind of every team now throughout the post postseason in terms of bullpen management. Uh, Bonham, predetermined decision, a decision based on the win, a decision based on RJ's outing. Why did you go to Bonham in game two? Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly, again, this was um, like a month ago at this point, right? It was. So it, it's been a while, but... Um, I believe before the series, we really, we really wanted to stick with our plan and stick to our guns and go with Trevor in that game too. Like it's it's been working for us. Like a lot of other people, you know, Dan is was saying on the podcast recently. Like it's been working for them. Um, Bonham's similar, I would say, to Blade in the fact that like he throws, he he attacks the zone. His pitches don't move as much as RJ, so. Um, I know Trevor doesn't love throwing that game two ball as much as the game one and three, but he seems to do better with it, um, than a lot of other guys. So we wanted to stick with that plan. Um, it worked for us in the first series against the predators as well. So that was like a big thing is like, Hey, we, we knew that, it, that they struggled to go from RJ to Trevor and then back to RJ. So in my mind, it was like we already we're already kind of playing with house money here with one nothing. Okay. Um, if they do get around to Trevor, they're gonna have to go from adjusting to Trevor's pitches back to RJ, which from they didn't five, really to seem six, to six. have much success with. <laughs> like five seven to six six, you have the biggest height difference in your one and two arms yeah, by far. Yeah, and I mean, Trevor's I will say like guys I, in the I've I, I've helped them like when they're warming up, both Trevor and RJ, like just throwing the ball back to him or whatever, like before the inning. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, man, it looks so different. Like just standing oh, I'm there, sure it does. It like no, I would have loved to play you guys. R- RJ's this year RJ's, uh, yeah, it's just totally different, man. Just the ball coming out of his hand, and then Trevor's is like to try to adjust. When you think about it, it's like you get maybe four at bats a game to like adjust to that. Yeah. So it's like not even. It's very sometimes. difficult to do, and we've seen. And then that. as soon as you figure that out, you got back to sick Mister Slenderman. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to, speaking of RJ's virality, it's funny talking to his dad and him too, because, you know, me being the typical looking suburban Midwestern kid, obviously I can go out in public and not have uh, too many people recognize me, but his RJ being kind of the same age as most of our audience and him playing basketball competitively, um, RJ's dad says like all the time at basketball games, like RJ will go out there for the tip off and the guy's like, are you from MLW? No way. <laughs> the That's ref so funny. Or the kids. Yeah. And apparently they were like on vacation in South Carolina and a bunch of kids stopped him. But how do you hide when you're six it's foot impossible, six? man. I could blend you in. I'm, I'm like a chameleon. I can blend. I, I am 100% a chameleon. <laughs> I, keep, I usually have a hat on. You never know. But with RJ, it's pretty tough to hide. So funny, funny fact about him. That is funny. We'll get into Bonham's uh, third and final inning and him his huge milestone. But I think it had to have helped his confidence when Grant blew the game open with a bomb. But, Jack, you had a bomb first. I forgot to mention that. I did. You're getting kind of hot? You're getting kind of hot right now? I did. Back? Well, that was a month ago, so we'll see. But uh, <laughs> I was. I think I was hot at the time. Um, okay. I don't know. I, I Facing Cratch is always fun. He 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 mentioned it on the po- last podcast we we had him on, that he was excited to, to face me. And um, I couldn't okay. agree more. Just going against him. So, I don't know. I don't know why it's just we've been doing it for so it's, long it's, and like we were teammates and then now we're not yeah. and we're you know competing in pretty high stakes situations so um it's always fun going up against him uh I don't even like I said this is tough without it's it was a month and without seeing the video before but yeah, I want to yeah, say no video, um no. I guess we'll see if this is right when the video comes out but I want to say <laughs> it was like his sort of I mean everyone kind of has this little like slide drop thing it okay, seems yep. um i'm pretty sure it was that i remember pretty sure you hammered it what was that I remember right i'm pretty sure you hammered it i'm it pretty sure like i hammered sky it. high fly ball i think i hammered it i gave it a good <laughs> bat flip it was really high in the air i remember That's what i think i remember too yeah it being a like a, a a high towering fly ball yeah it was one that was so high that it was like it was too high to not get out but it like wasn't 
I didn't like smash it. You know what I mean? I didn't hit okay. it that hard. I just popped it up so high in the air. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure I, I gave a, a good bat flip and yelled bangerang pretty loud. No, bangerang was bangerang was against the uh, the D backs. I think I did it <laughs> again. You did it again. I think I, I think again. I did it again. I think that's just going to be <laughs> the call remember. now if for, okay, for home for runs. Sure. I better hear that echoing throughout Mercedes-Benz <laughs> Stadium come Sunday at 9 a.m. I hope so. Hey, man, if we're lucky, if we're lucky, we'll hear it. If, um, if we're lucky enough, man, those fans would be honored to see that. But yeah, I mean, just speaking from like, again, and trying to be as you know objective as possible, like if that was anyone other than Grant, it would have been so awesome, right? To get more help from the rest of the lineup. And then mm-hmm. because then he does what he does in the top of the yeah. second right and just blows it wide open that was kind of the dagger yeah, yeah. it's just a I dagger mean, me knowing the preds i kind of knew it was over when grant hit the home run which is stupid to say but uh wasn't over all the way in terms of me being tuned in because bonham had the pg going and he finished the job which is our first one of the year first perfect game of the year really enough, i didn't know year, that that's yeah. crazy Last year, the only perfect game was thrown by Jimmy Norp, and it was the very last game of the postseason because last year the NLCS was played after the ALCS. So the only perfect game last year was thrown by Norp, and it was, I shouldn't say the only one. I think it was the last one of, might have only had one in 2022. I'm not sure. But anyway, Norp threw a perfect game to send them to the World Series, and this year, same thing. Bottom sends them to the World Series. Perfect game. First perfect game of his career. A guy you wouldn't expect to see a perfect game from, but... I think you're the one who termed you coined the uh, the Nick Saylor effect this year. I forget if it was yeah. referring to Bonham or somebody else, but I 100% see that with RJ going to Bonham, Bonham stuff not, not being that dynamic. But man, he's just uh, he's been getting outs all year long for you, and I think he could be a, a big piece of this you know five man or five game series bullpen. I think he could be a big factor for you guys in, in Atlanta. Yeah, definitely. Um, I honestly I I do remember that I did not know he had a perfect game bid going. Um, I didn't find out until after the game that it was, in fact, a perfect game, which is pretty cool. But um, he, yeah, he only had four strikeouts in the game, which Mm -hmm. I think is not only a testament to his pitching ability and, like, being able to, you know, like, even the ones that he's not striking out, they're, they're putting it in spots that, you know, are not over the fence or they're not getting as yep. many hits, obviously. But I think it's a big testament to the improvement that we've had at defense from a year ago. And a big part of that, like I've mentioned before, has been Grant and just his communication, yep. his playmaking out there has really been like a game changer. If, if, if we played that game and Grant is not on the field or our defense didn't perform to the level that it did, that game, we could have easily, you know, still lost that game, even with four runs on the board. Um, just because mm-hmm. he, he, like the stats show, like he only struck four people out. There were a lot of balls that were hit in play. Yeah, so, I'm trying to remember. I don't have the book in front of me. I think it was only like one or two ground outs. The rest were pop-ups, but still, okay. defense was there. And um, I just think, like I said, it shows you the effect of just pounding the zone, especially when you're a guy who's coming after RJ, who's so dynamic and has such a diverse arsenal and throws from such a high arm slot. Yeah, uh, the Preds couldn't square it out. I'm sure it was frustrating. It has to be a frustrating game when you only strike out four times and get shut out. Pretty rare in wiffle ball. Yeah, but props to you guys and your squad. And uh, I will say, Jack, a little funny story for you. I'm not sure if I shared this with you or not yet, but um, I spoke to Jimmy prior to this series. I think it was probably the same phone call. I called him after we had lost to the Eagles, and we're talking about this series coming up. And he was like, "Tom, I don't." He's like. You think the Magic are going to win? I was like, I don't know, maybe. He's like, Tom, who in that lineup is going to get a hit off crash besides Grant Miller? And I was like, I mean, that's a good point, Jim. That's a good point, but you guys proved him wrong. Yeah. Um, I think I have it noted down here. Uh, Grant, I think, had two hits on the day, the home run and the single, but you guys had four hits by players not named Grant. Two of those were home runs, you and Bonham. And I think Ackerman got on the board with the single, yep. and then you had a single as well. So that's solid contribution from your role players for sure especially when two of them are bombs mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just impressed with your team. I'm impressed with the development over the year. I kind of knew AJ would get it going. We'll see if he can continue that in the, in the world series and the pressure's on a little bit, but I think he could be a pretty big player. We know bottom can strike at any time. So this is a dangerous team. Um, uh, like I said, I'm not gonna get my predictions officially here, but the Eagles have their work cut out for them. The Eagles are very hot right now. and playing very good wiffle ball, but it's not going to be a walk in the park. You know, I think, it's it's funny because when you look at it from like a wider lens, 
I, I see a lot of similarities between us and the Eagles. Um, I do too. Both of our, I do too. our, our bullpens are very, very similar. Um, in the fact that our, our ace, our aces have a lot of, you know, a varied arsenal. They can throw a lot of different pitches from a lot of different arm slots. Um, they, and they're, you know, very accurate, like attacking the zone. And then our number two guys are also very similar. Like we talked about, you know, where blade and Trevor, um, while their stuff might not like move as much, they're still attacking the zone, like frustrating hitters, pitching to contact, um, that type of stuff. So I think that's very comparable. I think where we're different is obviously the batting. Like they're a lot more spread out in terms of their production, just statistically. And, um, you know, they have some guys obviously that are hitting better than others, but by and large, they're a lot more evenly spread. Whereas we're pretty top mm-hmm. heavy, obviously with, with Grant being, you know, as effective as he is. Um, but by and large, I think that will kind of be, you know, the difference is like, I think we, we know what to expect from both bullpens. I think it's really going to be like the, the rest of the guys filling out the lineup, you know, and, and they're. Mm-hmm type of production or execution as you've talked about before. Right. I mean, to get two home runs in, in two games from guys that, you know, you normally might not expect to produce that. That's, that's a game. That's a series changer right there. Yeah. This is going to be an exciting one. Like I said, I don't want to talk too much. I'm going to run out of things to talk about on this podcast over the next week, but uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm excited to see it for the fans to watch it. And I don't think a lot of people saw this matchup coming magic Eagles, but uh, I think it's going to be a treat. I don't think I think we're going to get an exciting one. I don't think it'll be a sweep. Let's put it there. Yeah. But a couple comments, Jack. I wanted to make on the Preds uh, about their offense. This was their second straight loss in the ALCS, which I'm sure is painful for both the Preds team as well as Preds fans. Same goes for us in the Mallards. Our second straight year with losing in the CS. Um, they only had one hit on the day off the bat of Alec Warda. It was a home run. Um, their only other base runner was a Ryan Cratched walk. So two base runners in six innings. Definitely not going to win you a series. But once again, props to your pitching staff. And uh, like I, I kind of said before the series, I think the Preds are an up-and-down team. When they're up high, they're unstoppable. When they're down low, it's tough. And I think, like I said, losing the first game didn't help. And then you hitting a solo shot was a little bit worse. And then the Grant Miller home run, I was like, I just don't see this Preds offense doing it. And yeah, they didn't get a hit the rest of the way. So yeah. I think um, next year, the Preds, I definitely think will pick up some people make some moves in the draft, maybe some trades. Definitely disappointing that he couldn't get their draft pick involved this year, a little bit out of their control. So I know it's probably been frustrating for everyone involved with the Preds. But uh, we, we know Ryan's a weapon, definitely mm-hmm. an MVP candidate, if not the leading MVP candidate now. So with him at the helm, anything's possible for this team. I expect him to be right there next year again. And uh, they're a good team. You guys beat a good team. So congratulations. Yeah, I mean, like, hitting streaky right like every it every is. team kind of goes through it i mean um, the phillies what just happened to them dude they yeah. were like home run machines in the ds mm-hmm. and then late late at home at the bank where they couldn't lose they could not get the bats going the last two games of that series i mean you don't really expect cratch to go hitless much less home runless almost in a series and um you kind of almost expect i mean i know we got one from alec but you almost expect like a Russell random bomb somewhere or mm-hmm. um, even Rudy who, you know, was coming on strong there late in the season. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It, I think our, like I said, our, our, I think our bullpen did, did really well, but I don't think really it was like the, pre- I don't think the Preds are going to really change much in their lineup in terms of batting. It kind of just wasn't their day. Uh, that being said, you know, like you mentioned, I think probably some frustration with not having um, their draft pick be as involved as they would like this year, but I would expect them to probably go for some sort of similar strategy in picking up some sort of number two arm that I guess they feel confident enough to go to in the playoffs um, just to like give Cratch a little bit of kind of um, or not even give Cratch a break, but just to put that effect on the hitters of like changing their eye level and stuff because I mean we Trevor was able to get that home run in game one but then in game game two it was like you know we 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 saw him once in one series and then now that's a a third game 
seeing him. So it's like you start to pick up on some stuff, even though his stuff yeah. is nasty, like you start to pick up on it. So I think it would benefit the Predators a lot if they were able to get, you know, or I guess just put the confidence in McGlade, you know, if, if they do think he's I was the guy. say, you know, I, I don't think McGlade is all that bad. I think he has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. He does have some different stuff than Ryan does. I think number one, his confidence isn't that great. I can see him being down on himself a lot. Mm-hmm. Balls and strikes are a big issue for him. He walks too many guys. But keep in mind, too, that this Preds team played in some rough conditions this year. They did. So McGlade was often pitching with a beaten up ball in the rain, <laughs> yeah. in the mud. It was chilly out there. Like, they, he probably played out of his four or five games he pitched. I bet you four of them were wet. Yeah. So I don't know how vested McGlade is in bettering himself as a pitcher and giving it his all for another year. But I think if the Preds invested in him, I actually think he could be a pretty solid option. Um, but you could also draft, you know, they're going to mm-hmm. have once again, a pick as of right now in that five, six range, I believe, I believe they have their own draft pick. They can maybe try to trade up and dump someone like maybe a Rudy. I don't see Ryan Russell or Warrior going anywhere, but, um, Rudy's definitely an asset. Disappointing that he cooled off in the postseason. I don't think he did much in the ALDS either, but, uh, he was definitely coming on strong there a little bit late in the season and he's a great athlete. So they have some stuff to work around for sure. Very solid team. Once again, I think it's just, uh, I think, yeah, giving Crouch a break in the playoffs would be huge as well as uh, just executing. They didn't execute on this given day, and you guys did, so he came out on top. I think another thing that we should give the Predators credit for and just note is that I believe they were a 1-6 and six team that yeah, came two, back. Two and, two and seven, yeah. 2-7, yeah. 2-7 or whatever, yeah. I mean, they were down. Like, they were down bad. They were they, down bad. <laughs> they were down bad. <laughs> I talked and, about and it. And they fought so hard and came all the way back, roaring back, and, you know, on the back it's, dude, it's of Ryan Cratch. Um it's all up in their head, man. Yeah, for least, sure. They had the wild, after the All Star break, they had the Wildcats, and for whatever reason, the Preds just think that they can run through a brick wall when they're playing the Wildcats. <laughs> but yeah, leaving Philly, that bus ride home was hilarious. Russell being like, "So how many games can we lose and still make the playoffs?" I'm like, Russell, how about you just win the games, man? Yeah. Don't be asking me. He's doing like, all the what math. If you lose out. It's like, yeah, if you lose out, you're not going to make the playoffs. You have two wins. You got to win some games at some point. <laughs> and he's all sad and upset, and I was cracking me up. But yeah, they turned it around. Swept the Cats, and then to wrap up the season, they what they do at the end? Who'd they play? Oh, the, the Cobras. Cobras. Beat the Cobras when they the season was on the line. So, yeah, definitely finished strong. Nothing to hang their heads about, really. Just uh, didn't get it done today and got beat by another good team. So that's how it goes. Yeah, great sports, too. All class. They they wish us luck. All class. Um, also, I want to give... down to Atlanta, but... Yeah, I give you luck, too, Jack. I wish you and the Eagles luck. Wish it was me, but I'll be there behind the cam uh, trying to make the day as, as great as possible. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Alec. Alec ran a marathon recently, which is crazy. Oh, yeah, he did. And Very cool. He ran a marathon, which is cool. Um, I was super proud of him for that because that's a big... I was telling him, like, I would love to do that just for, like, the physical and mental challenge of it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, dude, not exaggerating. Like, given my current workload, I physically do not have the time to train like that. Like, that's a serious time commitment, <laughs> let yeah. alone a physical commitment. Crazy, but... I know he was grinding. He said he like for you know months he was working out in the morning to stay like physically strong, but then running for you know two hours after work plus wiffle ball plus the streams. Ward has been grinding, so go show him some love in his DMs. I'm sure he's happy to have some time to exhale and relax and enjoy the holidays and the fall season now. That's a huge, huge commitment and what an Crazy, accomplishment! Dude. Shout out, Al. Crazy. Shout out, Ward. Really do good shout job, out dude. Dad. Good guy. I was proud of him. I'm not. I'm not a runner. I hate running, but I would. In a perfect world, I would totally do it just to say I did it. You know, I, I like just to challenge myself, and I think it's like good to accomplish something like that and to look back and be like, "Yeah, I can do anything." It makes you feel invincible. I agree. Yeah, I've been thinking about maybe signing up for one of those like tough mutter events. Tough, my, my <laughs> are you? Yeah, that'd be funny. I don't know those things. I, those I'll things do. Are yeah, fun. let's do it. Let's let's do it. Me and you. Let's do it, man. <laughs> I'll, Come I'll on. do it with you. They're fun to do with a group. I've heard. I haven't done one yet, but I've, I've heard. heard. I, I would totally do that. I don't know how much running that is, but I feel like the training wouldn't be quite as intense. Maybe a month's worth of running a couple. I think a lot of it's uh, hour mental. here, hour there. I think a lot I of think it's so just too. mental, you know. And boom, we are back. It is now Monday, October thirtieth. Lions game day. Jack and I got our attire on. And Trevor Bonham joins us now to talk about his stellar performance in the ALCS. Trevor, thanks for jumping on. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. Sure, you're a little bit tired. Long weekend for you two, fellas. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was definitely uh, a long weekend is what we'll say. That's what we'll give the fans. <laughs> it was certainly long. Um, good to be back home in the motherland, ready to watch the Lions game. Always fun to do a time-traveling podcast. 
Um, it is. This one was a little bit, yeah, before <laughs> and after, after a big, definitely a big event for these two guys, me as well. But uh, yeah, the only thing I had in our trip agenda for Monday, I had number one, depart the hotel, number two, fly, number three, watch the Lions bite some kneecaps on Monday Night Football. So hopefully, listeners on Tuesday, the Lions got the W against the Raiders. They should for the better team, but you never know with these guys sometimes. Never we're did. looking for we're looking for a convincing win after That's what, I said. After what yep. happened last week tommy and i were discussing um waiting to board our flight it, ne- it needs to be convincing um it should be convincing so we're excited we we got our our buddy jordan curdy he's gonna be down at the game today so it's gonna be a fun time yep he'll be defending the den but uh yeah, yeah. good teams win great teams cover lines need to be great today <laughs> but trevor how does it feel to be world series bound for the first time in your career after joining the league in 2020 it's it's some it's honestly an amazing feeling i'm not gonna lie it, it's it's been a long time coming it's the first time i made the playoffs with the team i started with so uh, <laughs> it was a big deal you know it was definitely a weight off my shoulders when we won that i uh, i was happy we did it in two as well was that weighing on you a little bit because we did joke about that in the past how you only made the playoffs with the magic when you got traded mid-season and the next year was your full season with the magic and you didn't make it again so what was that like mentally um it it definitely weighed on me. I mean, I only like a couple of the Trenton guys know, but I definitely debated on if I really wanted to play this year because it was tough. Okay. Like I I was on some rough teams where we just didn't win and I I really had to like look myself in the mirror and say, Do I do I love this anymore? Like do I wanna put in the work? Do I wanna do it? And you know, I'm I'm really happy I came back because I, I did put in a lot of work in the off season, so I'm happy it paid off. That's a that's an interesting comment there, Trevor. Um, so I guess you know, before knowing what we know now, going into the season, you know, you saw that we added Grant and added RJ. Obviously, didn't really know um, RJ was going to necessarily be as good as he has been on the mound. But when you, what what was your like initial reaction? I guess when we when we added those guys to the squad. I, I was, you know, I was excited and I, I was, you know, hopeful. I think the, what I was saying was more of like a knee jerk reaction after the season. I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can do that again. You know, like yeah. it's, 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 it's tough. So, but you know, after like thinking about it for a while, I was like, you know, I love, I love playing and, and we got two new guys and uh, we ended up adding AJ too. So, you know, it was going to be yep. a new looking team. So I was excited. I was hopeful. So um, I'm really happy I stuck it out and, and, it was it was a really fun CS and the whole season up into that. So I'm happy I did stay. Mm-hmm. And rephrasing that question a little bit too, um, seeing those two big names in Grant Miller and RJ Walgate, and then seeing RJ pitch as good as he did in that first series against the Gators, were you concerned at all about maybe your personal playing time or your role on the team, or was winning your only priority? Just honestly speaking, I'm not going to judge you if you say. You know, I wanted to be playing and I saw these guys shining and I'm I'm worried about myself. But what were your thoughts there? I really wasn't too worried about playing time, honestly. I kind of just was willing to accept any role that I was given on this team. I kind of just wanted to win. Like it, that was the goal coming into the season. It wasn't I need to have this statistic or win this award. Like I just wanted to win. Like that's that's why I wanted to come to the Meadows. And I, I think we did a pretty good job up until this point. Yeah, I I, I certainly didn't um didn't necessarily think RJ was going to be our ace going into the year. I mean, you know, just candidly speaking, it was my intention to, to stick with Trevor as, as our number one and, you know, things worked out differently, but, um, kudos to Trevor, obviously for, like he said, just, you know, finding his role and sticking to it. But I, I wanted to ask Trevor, like going from being the guy that is typically pitching two games in a series, um, you know, pitcher or uh, excuse me, hitters are seeing you more often when you do that. Did that change your approach uh, on the mound at all, moving from like the number one arm to the number two, or was it kind of just um, similar, similar attack style, similar approach? I don't think I changed uh, my approach to pitching too much. It was nice that RJ was pitching before me because he had that screw drop and his obviously his arm angle is so much higher than mine. So it just really benefits me for how I pitch. My arm angle is pretty low. So yeah, no, I don't think I changed anything too much. I think I tried to 
not hit the zone as much. Like I was okay with a few walks here and there because I felt like people could hone hone in on my stuff a little more because I was always hitting the zone. So I maybe try like didn't try to walk people a little more, but tried to like slightly hit the hit the pipe a little bit more or just miss the zone, get a swing and a miss. And I'd say that's the only thing I really changed. I just tried to work on that. I think from uh Tommy might have some some insight too or perspective, but from my standpoint and being the manager, I feel like number one, you seem a lot more confident out there, a lot more relaxed. And I think part of that comes from the fact that we've been able to be a lot better at the plate this year as a team than we were last year. Um, and so you have a little bit more confidence in like, Hey, I might try to get this guy to chase here, see if it works or not. If I walk him, Oh, well, um, but conversely, you know, in years prior, it's sort of been like, man, we can't afford any base runners. Cause if we let up anything that could be the end of us. So I think that's definitely played a part. And, um, you, you seem to be this year a lot more just like loose, I would say in terms of, you know, not all the pressure being on you with, with having to be like the ace on the team. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I've definitely played this season this has been the loosest mlw season for me just because of that i i felt like i did like a lot of the weight was taken off my shoulders because of rj and Graham, and it was it was nice it was just playing loose out there hey if i do something good it's only benefiting the team more because they're already playing so great you know for sure it's always good to have the offensive support i feel like in years prior also speaking from personal experience you know if you are a team that's struggling offensively and you give up say a two-run home run it almost feels like the game is over. Whereas mm-hmm. if you give up a two run home run now, it's like, okay, let me keep Met two. My offense can win us this game and get us three runs, but I got to keep him right here at two nothing to keep my, give my team a shot. So I think that definitely helps. And I wanted to also ask you too about, uh, of course your role at the plate. Cause you don't just pitch. You've been a pretty consistent piece in that lineup, typically at the four spot. Uh, how'd you feel about that spot in the order? Cause you weren't typically at the bottom for the magic and now you are. And how have you adjusted to that? And uh, you've been very successful in terms of getting on base. Why is that? Uh, I it like we were t- just speaking about before. It's I think Grant has done a lot to take the weight off my shoulders, and even Jack too. Like he's he's been hitting really good. Like people like don't want to pitch to him as much anymore because he's been hitting homers and stuff. So I just feel like uh, because of our whole lineup is seeing the ball good that I don't have as much weight on my shoulders. So I can take pitches. I can make pitchers work. And that really works in all of our favor because the more pitches that I see and we all see and the pitcher throws that that's just better for the magic. You know, we're tiring them out and we're seeing balls. So that's, that's pretty much the approach is make the pitcher work. Yeah. Trevor, I think another thing, um, you know, you, myself and Curdy. I'd have to look at the stats, but I feel like we probably all, um, and AJ too, all ended up similarly in terms of our average on the year. You definitely drawing a lot more walks than the other three of us. And like I've mentioned on this podcast before, just being a crucial part of the lineup in terms of turning it over, getting it back to Grant at the top, who's kind of been our workhorse. That being said, um, this last series, huge, huge home run for us in game one. Uh, the last time you got a home run was in the 2021 ALDS, which was two years ago. So just walk us through um, you know, your thought process and just like describe that at bat for us. Um, well, the previous at bat, me and Ryan were battling and it was three, two and he threw me that exact pitch and I looked at it. And so when we went out into the field, I was like, you know what? I am just going to sit that pitch now because if it, if he threw it in the three, two count and I was battling, that's obviously the pitch he felt the most comfortable with. So I was like, my next step at, I'm going to be ready if he throws that pitch. And so it was two outs and we had a guy on first and he, he threw the pitch and I saw it and, I just ended up, you know, doing what I wanted to do is hit it hard up the middle and it, it got over the fence finally because I feel like <laughs> I've been, I've just been, I've had a lot of like series where I've hit a ball hard or something and I just can't get any lift on it. So it, it felt great seeing one fly over the fence. I mean, you saw me screaming. I mean, that was probably a little much, but I was, I was pretty <laughs> no, ecstatic. Dude. 
Postseason <laughs> home runs are hype. I mean, that can change a series 100%, especially with as pitching staff as good as yours. Um, I wanted to, to uh, award you with two unofficial awards, Trevor, on my behalf. Mm. Uh, number one, as I will say, I think that home run you hit had the most movement on a ball uh, that I've seen. That ball almost didn't get over the fence. It was cutting down so hard. If you watch the video back, it was curving straight towards the ground. Ugh. So that's your first award. You hit the home run with the most amount of movement on it. Number two is I think you also might have the most near-miss home runs in the last two years for anybody else. <laughs> I, I swear you've hit the fence more than anybody else or been robbed close to the fence. I know. And I know everyone hits foul ball homers, but I feel like at least like a couple series this year, I've had some like balls that just got up and just went foul. And I'm like, oh, that's so annoying, you know, but that's swiffle ball. So that's just how it is. It yeah, does seem wild. it does seem that when he connects with one though, it's just straight straight off the bat. Like it's just straight up the middle. Yeah. I swear. It, one, it almost the, looked fake. It almost that, looked fake. The AL, the one two years ago in the ALDS, I want to say, like went over the fence in almost the exact same spot. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to get a short form comparing those two there, Tom. Okay. We'll we'll break it down for you, Jack. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll call my guy. He'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, electric moment. Uh, the hype definitely warranted, Trevor. I'm not going to blame you for screaming at all. Like I said, that can change a series. That can get you to a place like Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Definitely helped your guys' case in the long run. Jack mentioned you getting on base. And yeah, I wanted to give you your flowers right now. Uh, just an absolute OBP machine. Jack mentioned the averages on the Magic besides Grant. And yeah, I think most of the lineup besides him was like sub 200. So not great. Yeah. But he picked up a lot of slack there. But on base percentage-wise, Trevor... You only finished behind Jordan Robles and Grant Miller for guys that played more than half the season. Landon, your guy also finished above you on that list, but he only played in six games. So you were a top three guy in OBP. And in walks, you were second place behind only Robles. So Robles, I kind of understand it because, okay, he's a very dangerous hitter, right? People are going to be careful with him um, and make me or other guys in the Mallards lineup beat them. So Robles, as the walks are warranted, you, however, hadn't hit a home run in two calendar years and somehow almost led the league in walks. And I don't know if that's because you have a good eye. I almost, I've said this before, but I almost feel like when a pitcher knows that a guy has a lot of walks and it's like, okay, I just need to throw strikes to this guy. His average is not that great. He will walk, though, if I give it to him. That mental block of I have to throw strikes can throw pitchers off, and I think the more you walk, it just multiplies and multiplies and <laughs> multiplies. I agree. Yeah, we just... The more you walk in a series, I feel like the more nervous a pitcher gets over time. So they just start missing the zone more. And it's really worked out for me this year. So, and in years past, I feel like I always am like a pretty big OBP guy. Yeah, I'd have to run those numbies. Jack, can you call your guy for that one and check some stats on OBP or bottoms walks last year? Yeah, I got a guy. I'll call him. Okay. Um, okay. I will say not to uh, not to bring Trevor down as my teammate, but possibly one of the reasons he is so high up there is just because Ryan Kelly's no longer in the league. Is that a possibility? True. That that definitely plays a factor, and also maybe Neil Smith. Uh, he <laughs> departed as well. Those are two guys very high in that BB category. <laughs> I mean, it's something to consider for sure. I think Ryan Kelly had a stretch of what was it like fourteen or fifteen straight at one point walks he did jack that's good that's good you call your guy already that was a quick phone call yeah see man come on i'm on this you are you're all over it <laughs> well bottom let's talk let's talk world series now um of course sounds like you're excited i'm excited for you and the magic uh jack and i talked a few days ago uh the first half of this podcast just how cool it's going to be in the experience for your team the first time going there on a stage like this but uh, how do you feel about the Eagles? What's it going to take to beat that team? What do you think the main factors are in this series? I'm trying to hide my takes and save my takes for the preview show, but I'll give you your voice right now as to what you think sort of the X factors are and what will play the deciding factor in this series. I mean, that is just such a complete team, like up and down, like the Eagles are just such a complete roster. So it's a, it's a well crafted team i mean dan did a good job in the draft of getting these guys and they just really worked out dallas has been amazing blades really found his stride in that second pitcher role and you know da obviously dallas dan and uh landed are dangerous hitters and like i said waylon walks a lot so that whole team is just good so we really got our work cut out for us so we just got to come in and do what we have been doing uh you know rj's been great on the mound i've been doing my job too so you know attack these hitters but we got to get the, get the big hits. I feel like uh, what's going to matter is like clutch home runs and 
and just uh, getting the outs when we need them. So, you know, I think uh, the X factor is going to be the extra guys, you know, outside of like I'm saying, like Grant, Dallas and like RJ. We've, we've said right, well, similar things, no doubt. Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, I'll get into it later, guys. I'm excited to share all my mm-hmm. thoughts and opinions on it. And uh, that preview show next or this Friday now, uh, we'll break it down from Kyle and I's perspective. Some guest pickers on there as well. Maybe a celebrity guest picker. I don't want to say too much, but maybe a little bit of celebrity cameo. So it should be an exciting video. Let's get into this week's comment of the week as I scroll down here through my notes. Where's my cursor? There she is. Comment of the week this week comes from Tyler, and he says, Both the Magic and the Eagles have their set system, and they don't change it in the playoffs. They throw their second pitcher in game two. They don't solely rely on their best player every time. They just win by committee, and that's why they're both going to Atlanta. And I agree with this 100%. And as a manager reading it, I'm like, why didn't I just do this and stick to my gut? Whatever, whatever. But I do think just like sticking to the routine, that was one thing, thinking on this on the fly. Uh, I felt like in high school baseball, the... My team in high school was great both years. I was on varsity, and we never won a playoff game. We won, you know, we were like 25 and 10 one year and 28 and 6 the next year, and we lost first round both times. And I feel like the vibe in the postseason was different in our dugout. And I think both these squads here have done a good job of keeping that same feeling of a normal game day yeah. with the way they've managed their squads in the playoffs. And I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that too. I, I would yeah, agree. Go, go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, I would agree with that. When I showed up for the ALCS, it was weird. I just felt this weird sense of calm. And usually even like regular season games, I like I feel like maybe not you anymore and t- you or Jack because you both have played so long, but I feel like I still get a little bit nervous for them, you know. It's still like they all matter, so um but I just this was the most calm I've ever came into a series and it and it just it it felt like the whole lineup felt that way. We all were just like we're going to get it done. Like we beat them in the regular season, let's just do the same thing and we all have that attitude, so that's at least how I felt about it. I don't know about you, Jack. Yeah, you know, I think keep staying consistent, there's a reason we practice, right? And there's a reason you practice the same things over and over and over again. It's so that when you go out in the game, you can fall back on your training, and it's just like practice, right, where the stakes are a lot less high. And so I think having the same sort of routine or game plan or setup, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um, you know what to expect as a player, right? A big thing for us this year outside of the pitching was also the the batting lineup. You know, last year, we did not have a consistent consistent batting lineup at all for a number of reasons. And, um, you know, way back before the season even started, uh, just Trevor Jordan and I were were talking about, you know, some of the things that we wanted to change this year. And that was one of them was, you know, let's find our spots in the lineup that work. Let's stick to those spots. And, um, you know, if, if one guy's not necessarily getting the job done in that spot, let's evaluate if, hey, should we switch this up or um, let's let's ride this one out and kind of see what happens. And I think when you do that, everyone just has the the same expectations and mindset in and out of each series. And that makes a big impact. So I think teams like the Diamondbacks or the Predators after, you know, their results in this postseason will probably next year look to not only solidify that second arm that they have, but, you know, use that second arm as they did throughout the entire regular season. Right. I mean, that's what got them to that point. And so um, I'd look out for that next year. I think we'll see a lot more of that. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And Jack, uh, we mentioned on uh, when we were talking on Thursday, the first half of this podcast, that it was hard to really uh, describe the series in detail because we hadn't seen the video yet. Now I have. I watched it moments ago. And you mentioned how you guys were just seeing Cratch better and better with that being game two being your fourth time facing him this season in a game. And yeah, I could tell. We mentioned how your guys' averages weren't all that high this year uh, besides Grant, but uh, all you guys were taking pretty confident swings. Jack, you homered. You almost homered again. You hit a shot that you bat flipped that didn't go over. Oh yeah, funny. we did, which we did not address. <laughs> well, I forgot part. about. I didn't know that happened. I hadn't seen the video yet, so I forgot. Well, I, I that's yeah. I was gonna say I don't know how well it would be for our rhythm and consistency on the podcast, but doing the part one breakdown before the video comes out, I think is is actually it could be pretty funny because that was it something I totally <laughs> totally forgot even happened. Such a not top ten play, so brutal. Um. 
I thought that thing was gone when it went off the bat. And oh, then clearly. I saw Russell reach <laughs> up and I was like, ooh, he might snag that. And then when it went over his hand, I was like, it's definitely gone. Like I still thought it was out. <laughs> and it I mean it 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 didn't clear the fence by probably a foot. It wasn't That's even close. Right. But this is why I don't bat flip because I always just get out of the box and I'm like, Oh yeah, I think that is gonna be gone, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. It's just the, not in my the premature bat flip. Um, it's I mean, it's not a fantastic look. I wasn't no. going to push two anyway. So, I mean, I might as well, I guess, bat flip a single. But it, it's I don't know. I don't I, think it's I very can, classy. I can wear one on the chin and say I, I can recall bat flipping a single one time in high school. <laughs> but like that, you did that, that in high school. <laughs> OK, but not like a bat flip bat flip more of like a like more of like letting go of the bat with some swagger type uh, right, deal. Right. Swaggy toss, I got you. Yeah, like a yeah. little bit like a swaggy toss. Cause I think it was a game where I was pitching and throwing good. It was against our rival. It was a JV game, but I still remember this. So I was throwing well, and I was two for two. And then my that third at bat, it was his first pitch. I was like, yeah, I'm a god at this point. And then the kid threw me a fastball first pitch, and I just roped it up up the middle. And yeah, I gave a little, little swag toss as I went to first. That's hilarious. But yeah. Anyways, these things stick with you. Sports, that's why sports are cool. At least I didn't like, uh, you know, chuck the bat or something like over the fence like you know what i yeah, mean like crash or something <laughs> like a, like a, it wasn't it wasn't that bad of a bat flip it was it kind was of a classic swagner bangerang flip but it, i didn't hear that yeah. we didn't get the verbal cue so that's okay we we did not get the verbal cue which is a big which is something to note because that <laughs> i think internally subconsciously i knew it probably wasn't all the way gone <laughs> okay i gotta see I it go that. over the fence before you hear the bangerang good Good. Once again, we hope to hear bangerang echoing throughout the stadium in Atlanta uh, in a few weeks when these videos start coming out. But like I said, guys, this Friday is the preview show, so you'll hear from Kyle and myself and some celebrity guest picks for uh, the upcoming World Series where these two will battle the Eagles. But, Bottom, thanks for joining us this episode. Appreciate you giving your thoughts. Wish you guys the best of luck in the series. We know we already played it, but, of course, fans, we're gonna, not going to spoil anything for you guys as well as all the fans that were in attendance. And uh, next week, Jack, we haven't really strategized yet what we want to do. Um, we can, of course, give some World Series predictions, but, of course, we have a whole YouTube video depicted to that. Right. I think one thing that might be fun to talk about if you're down is sort of the ins and outs of, like, planning the entire thing, because as you saw, it was a bit of a logistical, just all-over-the-place type uh, weekend. I think that, that, I think that would be down. pretty cool. I think that would be cool to give... Uh, you listeners kind of some inside knowledge into what all goes into it because it is a pretty difficult thing to organize and there's a lot of uh people giving a lot of effort to do so um and i think it, yeah i think that would be a good topic to discuss so i have that and then i also might which i meant to do this last week but was so busy i forgot um I might ask all of the other uh, six managers not on this call to give me their World Series predictions. I'll ask them to think about before the series happened. But, uh, and then we can go over which managers chose which team. I think that'd be a fun little discussion to go through real quick to see who's picking who. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So that's what to expect uh, next week on Tuesday in between the preview show and World Series Game 1, along with whatever, whatever else Jack and I can cook up between now and then. But... The task at hand now is to watch the Lions win and then continue to create some great content for you guys this upcoming Atlanta slew of videos. So uh, once again, Trevor, Jack, thank you for joining me in this episode. Jordan Curdy wanted a Qdoba burrito this morning at 8.15 at the airport. We will see you all next week.